Welcome to the Magic Valley Bible Church Sermon Podcast. Magic Valley Bible Church has been serving the Magic Valley for 20 years and is located at the corner of Gooding and Main Street in downtown Twin Falls, Idaho. Our service starts at 9 a.m. and is streamed live on our YouTube channel. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.mvbibletf.org or Facebook at facebook.com slash mvbible or YouTube at youtube.com slash mvbible. Magic Valley Bible Church, built on God's Word. Take your Bibles, open them to Jonah, the book of Jonah, chapter 1. I want to read the three verses that comprise our study this morning. Starting in verse 1 of Jonah 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amattai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee Tarshish from the presence of the, of, of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Let us pray. Father, as we come to your word, we know that it assists our hearts. We know that this is the living word of God. We know, according to scripture, that the spirit takes the word and buries it into our souls. There it either confirms the truth or it convicts us to do the truth. And so, Spirit, we pray this morning that you'd have your way with us. Be with your servant as he desires to honor you in what is said. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Now, you might be thinking this is Groundhog Day. We've already looked at these three verses. We have, in a cursory way, However, there's something more I want you to see in these verses. We were able to, a couple weeks ago, set the scene and consider many theological implications of the book of Jonah before we even dive into it. And yes, we even looked in a cursory way, like I said, these first three verses. And, and yet, I just love the Word of God, and I trust that you do as well. It reminds me of what the Apostle Paul, now you got to remember, we had Nate here last week, and and the pastor continued to study, and, and these three verses were continuing to, to kind of roll into my heart. And, and yet, with the, I echo what the Apostle Paul says in, in Romans chapter 11, verse 33, where he says, Oh, the depths and the riches of both the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, and fathomable his ways. And so when, when the preacher kind of sits there, he looks at this, and he continues to allow the stuff to mull over into a soul, you start seeing the text in a greater way. And so there's a depth of God's word that when a redeemed believer spends time in the text, it continues to show itself being a lot deeper than when you first saw it. And so though we had a week away from this text, we looked at it, we come back to it. And the issue we see here in Jonah in these first three verses, not only Jonah's call and his commission, but we also noted his fleeing, and that's kind of where I want to go this morning. We noted his disobedience to the word 
of God. And what is remarkable, when you think about these first three verses, it, it just shoots us out into the text without much introduction, but even in Jonah's own word, we start to hear his heart. And he gives us two reasons why he fled. This reminds me much of, of like King David and his confession of his sins against God when, with Bathsheba when he pins Psalm 32 and 51 for us. David, in his disobedience, there's much to learn in order that we guard our hearts. When we think about that, he is a great lesson for us to understand the, the depths of, of pursuing sin and the heaviness of God upon us. We come to Jonah, we learn much. We learn much of what not to do and what God desires and delights in. It's in Jonah's disobedience that, that we learn that the Word of God is superior and as well as important to follow. And when that dilemma, when the Word of God says, you must do or you go, there comes that, that tension, will you obey or not? And that's true for all of us, right? When we open up the Word of God, there is a command from God's Word that we have to either receive and obey or we disobey. There's no middle ground in the midst of that. I think you find yourself in that predicament. I do it often at that times. Lord, I, I, you find myself talking to myself. Lord, I do not want to do that. Bear does not want to go there. For that matter, my flesh is saying, don't obey. That battle that we constantly have, I often pray sometimes, oh, Lord, why don't you write somebody else to go do that? Or we want to obey only the things that are easy. But as often with the Word of God, it shines and it touches the nerve within our soul. God so much wants to sanctify us and make us holy in such a way that, that He will put His finger on the areas of disobedience that He already knows in your life. The Word of God, like I said, shines His truth. And often it calls us to do some things that we, we wrestle with. That is what's facing Jonah in these first three verses. And if we are true to our own hearts, we can certainly identify with Him on this issue. So let us take a little bit deeper and practical look at what is happening in Jonah's heart here so as to learn, to gain understanding and to line our hearts up with the truth and what God is doing with him. And in your outline, you notice that the first thing that we see in verse 1, and in particular verse 2 as well, is the clear indication of Jonah's disobedience, his turning from the word of God. I mean, look at verse 1. It comes out and says right out of the chute, the word of the Lord came. That's when we rise up and we listen, right? The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amatai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. You read verse 1 and you look at it. It's a simple call. Arise, go, proclaim. That's it. There, there's not a, 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 well, a nuance here. There's not something going on in, in the life of Jonah. This is something that was clearly directed. And often when we see in the scriptures, when God speaks to his prophets, it's very clear. It's very clear. 
This was the common expression that the scriptures often give us with his prophets. You see that even in the example of just in the minor prophets themselves. And by the way, the reason we call them the minor prophets as opposed to the major prophets is their length and size. Sounds theological, doesn't it? But Jonah finds himself, because it's shorter, in the minor prophets. But even in these 12 minor prophets, God spoke this way to his prophets. We think of Joel 1.1, where the word of the Lord, the word of Yahweh, came to Joel. The prophet Hosea, chapter 1, verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Hosea. Time and time again, God spoke, and the prophet listened and was called to do the Lord's bidding. For that matter, this is what is, made them a prophet. God spoke to his prophets, his chosen ones. And they were to be a spokesperson for God. Whatever he said, they must do. God would speak and the prophet would respond. Often, it was with obedience. And here is the one case where you got the situation where there is disobedience. This should shock us when you read the Old Testament and come to the book of Jonah where the word of the Lord came and then Jonah ran. That's not the pattern that was set before us. In those earlier chapters, those earlier prophets, when God spoke it, it was meant to have a clear and a fresh light of what he was doing for whatever he was calling the prophet to say and speak against or to. The word from God often meant to be drawn into God's presence. This was something that, that God would call his prophet and bring him near so as to tell him what he needed to share with others. I mean, this was their reason for existence. To be the mouthpiece of the holy God. And you think about the burden on their shoulders. You think about it. When the word of God came to them, they had obedience to adhere to exactly what it said. God was demanding that. And this was something heavy on their lives. It was the fire raging within them. They could not help but get it out. And when the word of the Lord came, we know it would not be halted. And it forced itself on them, and they couldn't help but get it out. It gripped their minds. It touched their consciences. It impelled their emotions. They could not escape the certain assurance of the voice of God when God said, Thus saith the Lord. However, when you look how the word of God came to Jonah, There was no stuttering like I, I pointed out earlier. This was clear. This was direct. This was something that must be obeyed. When I evaluate this, and, and, and just in, in a practical way in our own lives, when, when we look at and study the scriptures, it comes with great clarity. But usually that's not where the issue is. I think that we exactly understand what's going on. It's not that it was difficult to understand problem is often is that we just don't want to do it. There's this fight within our soul. This is, uh, there's no misinterpretation here of what Jonah was called to do. There, there, there's no hidden cold here. There's nothing. It was a straightforward call and command. And this is how the Word of God comes to us often. 
Yes, it takes study. Yes, you take in time and understand the context so you can rightly obey what the command is, is, is saying. But God's not confusing. He knows clearly exactly what he calls us to do and obey. The problem was, this was just flat out disobedience. Like I said, it's been well said that our problem in obeying God is not that we do not understand what he's saying, but that we do not want to obey him. I mean, this was a heart character. This was a moral character. This was an issue with Jonah's heart. And when God spoke to him on this occasion about this particular matter, God's will and Jonah's will, they came in collision. There was a crash, and Jonah says, I do not want to do that. Jonah had his own desires, his own plans, his own ambitions to fulfill. What's surprising that we know in the text, like we saw a couple weeks ago, that in 2 Kings 14, that he obeyed there, yet it was to his people, right? It, It was easy for him to go to his people. And, and tell them, listen, this is what the Lord says. But in this case, God, you're telling me to go to the Nineveh, these Gentile dogs, and you want me to just cry out to them and call them to repent? Remember, we understood that there was a theological understanding that Jonah had. He had an understanding that, that God often would use Gentile nations to get Israel back in line. He didn't want to be the guy. He did not want to be the guy, the prophet, that the people looked at and says, why in the world did you go to Nineveh and call out for repentance? And now God is using them to drive us to obedience. Jonah's flesh made war on God and his truth. And you got to understand, beloved, that every day that we wake and we look into the word of God, that's where the battle starts for you, for me. This shouldn't surprise us. I was this week over at Lighthouse, was able to teach to some middle schoolers about the fruit of the Spirit. And and I asked them, I said, and I'll ask you this, what's your greatest enemy? You know what they told me? They said, Satan, that's not your greatest enemy. You know who your greatest enemy is? You. Our own hearts. Why? And where do we get that? Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says, But I, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. We have this battle going on. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. Your flesh Sets its desire every day against the Spirit and the Word of God. And in Jonah's case, the flesh won out. You and I both know that God will often deliberately shine His truth on, of His Word into the areas of our life where they are often weak. And He wants to know, will we be, will we be obedient or not? Oh, you can call it a test. You can call it a a sanctifying process. But the question is, how will you respond to the truth? Beloved, this is how much God loves you. 
Don't take this as some kind of painful drudgery where, where I have to do this because God says to do this. We get to do this because this reflects the holiness and the glory of God. With the precision of the word of God, it is able to penetrate our hearts and it, it helps us to understand what is right, what is good, what is holy. I think of Hebrews 4, 12 and 13. It's on the bottom of my little business card. I love this scripture for it is an analogy of the word of God. It says, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. It's like what we read earlier in Psalm 139, where, where, where David thinks that you can't outrun God. Jonah knew that. He just did not want to obey. He did not want to obey. We lay naked and exposed when the word of God shines in our lives. I mean, you think about it. Even from the outside, if we were to look at Jonah's actions, we would think, oh, he's just doing the Lord's bidding. He's already done it once. Matter of fact, even in his busyness of, of desiring to take up his, his, his affairs and go on a ship and head somewhere, from the outside, his activity looks like it's godly. Don't ever think just because we're active in the, in the kingdom that, that we're obedient to Christ. Too often there's a working within our soul that we would rather run from him than to embrace his truth. We expect the prophet to obey, but he doesn't. He brings this flurry of activity. He, inside his heart, was running. And when we get this, when we finally get to Jonah chapter 4, in verse 2, we, we, we hear Jonah's heart. He, he says there, he says, He prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in, your, in my own country? Therefore, in order to for, forestall this, I fled to Tarshish. We, we get this. Why? Because for I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. He did not want the Ninevites to understand and experience this grace. How does that apply to us today? It's very clear. We live in a world that is so gone embracing the immorality of the world, of the flesh. And too often we could be so comfortable locked up in our four walls that we don't even want to go out there because you don't want to be defiled. Listen, they need Christ. And that is the call. You needed Christ before you came to know him. And this is the desire that God is telling Jonah, I need you to rise up and go to this wicked people and call them to repentance. Call them to repentance. Jonah didn't want anything to do with that. This was in his heart. And he came out running from God's word. And how often do we do that? How often does it say when we study, I do not want to do this? How about even the fruit of the Spirit, right? We like to kind of pick that apart. Remember in the scripture, it's only one fruit. And this is the outcoming of the fruit in the spirit. And we get to that and we say, you know what? I'm not very patient, so 
I'll just have to work on that. No, listen, beloved, if you're in Christ Jesus, you have the fruit of the Spirit, and you must be patient. Jonah, he runs from God's word. No way was he going to give up his, his love, his reputation to his beloved Israel. And he knew. He knew that God often used Israel, like I said earlier, to bring Israel back to obedience by using foreign nations, Gentile nations, against them. Like I said, in a very practical application of our own hearts, do you find yourselves there when you open the Word of God? I mean, we almost treat the Word of God sometimes as, as, as you know what, you read it and you look up and see, is God looking at me? I don't like that. So let's flip it. Jesus clearly says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Your devotion, your love for Christ is based on your obedience to God and his word. We're not talking about a work salvation here. We're talking about obedience of a heart that's saved, that says, I love you, God, and it's obeying the scriptures. 2 John 1.6 says this, And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it, in them, in it. Knowing that your flesh doesn't want to obey, beloved, you must control your flesh and bring your body in submission to the word of God. Case in point this morning, how many of you thought this morning, Oh, we lost an hour. The flesh is saying, oh, sleep in, sleep in. Does your flesh speak to you? It speaks to me. It tells me it does not want to do the things of obedience. It doesn't want to gather and be blessed by the people who are here. Living in obedience to him and his word is where the abundant Christian life, however, beloved, is found. And this is exactly where we see in this next point that Jonah turned from God's presence. Literally in the Hebrew, it means that he turned from the face of God. He ran outside of the blessings of what God would do in his life. And so when you look at verse 3, it says, But Jonah rose up to flee Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Very clear, from the face of God. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, from the face of God. Twice the indication of his heart is, is, is being revealed. And God is so kind for us to see that, to see this example, exactly what's going on in his heart, because we often find ourselves there. When we get to verse 10, same thing. At the end of verse 10, he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. Constantly. This was his heart's desire. This is something that he was motivated to do. And like I said earlier, he was, he was schooled. He understood the, the, the omnipresence of God. He knew he couldn't run from God, but he knew that, that he could get away. And God maybe can look elsewhere instead of into his own heart. He was fleeing from God's felt presence in his life. He was fleeing from the relationship that he had with God. 
And we know that. We understand that place where, where there's prayer, there's, there's a relationship. You understand the, the relationship, not only the covenant relationship with God, with Israel, but the covenant relationship that we now have and experience in Christ Jesus. This closeness. And often disobedience to the word of God, we do that. We find ourselves outside of his blessing because of our obedience. We don't want any more conviction He was fleeing the call to evangelize. He was fleeing from the blessings of God. In his disobedience, Jonah endeavored to go as far away as he could. We noted that. Tarshish was the furthest place away from Nineveh. He went to an extreme And it literally came at a price, not only physically, but spiritually. He paid physically for a fare. He physically left. He went down into the ship. And then spiritually, Jonah paid a price, knowing that being in God's presence, being in his face, is the height and joy of anybody who knows God. Psalm 1611 says this clearly. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. Jonah had forsaken all that in his disobedience. Even though Jonah disobeyed and fled from the blessings of being in God's presence, This is what's remarkable. As we continue on, Lord willing, next week, it's remarkable. Even in his disobedience, other people were blessed. How do we know that? We see some spiritual fruit even in his disobedience, which is is kind of remarkable. I think part of that is just trying to show Jonah that he's still in control. God's still in control. But when he gets to the ship and he encounters these sailors who, by the way, serve false gods, we find them in the end, if you were to look forward to verse 16 of chapter 1, that in the midst of his interaction, with his, in his disobedience with these sailors, it says in verse 16, then the men feared the Lord greatly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Commitment. In the midst of Jonah's disobedience, I mean, I just love our God in this, that even in our disobedience, he can and will and make glory for himself. There are times in our lives when, when, when the Lord will employ us in his service despite our disobedience, and he reminds us, even in our disobedience, that he will still get the glory, honor, and praise. And when that happens, and you see the hand of God move, even though you are out of his presence, out of the face of God, don't think that in your disobedience, God is is finding your disobedience and finding it acceptable. Oh, we do a good job of trying to, to push our disobedience in such a way in a category as to justify it. Yet God is faithful, even in your disobedience, to do what is right and good according to his truth and according to his glory. Listen. We'll park the bus here. We learn two things from from Jonah in his disobedience. And to flip it around, let me just say it this way. It's better to obey than disobey. 
And two, how foolish it is for in your disobedience to be out of the face and the presence of God Almighty. Listen, when God says go, go. You will find delight there. You will find happiness there. When God says obey, you obey. When God says trust, you trust. When God tells us that it's better to be in his presence than outside of it, trust that. Listen, the onslaught's going to come against us, right? It's going to come against the truth, but it's better to be here than there. Listen, I get it. But our flesh, I have found that wherever my heart takes it, it will follow. Never have I, I lost separation from my flesh. It always follows what the heart says to do. And so may we pray in such a way that when we look at God's word, may we hold it dear in such a way that we obey it. Even if that is kicking and screaming. Amen? Let us pray. Father, again, we thank you for the simplicity of the word. So much to be learned there, Father, in, in Jonah's disobedience. Father, we desire, we desire to be obedient to the word. We, we say that up front, and yet, Lord, we know that in practice that will be challenged. I pray, Lord, that you will use your spirit to confirm the truth that is taught, that we would see the significance and the joy in following, that your ways are true. They are a lamp unto our feet. They point us to what to think about you. They point us to, to understand what is good, what is holy, what is right. Why? Because thinking that way, living that way, brings us into the presence of you. First and foremost, we know that starts with receiving Christ as Lord and Savior. Where we repent of our sins, where we, we change directions and we, we walk in the power of the Spirit. Our repentance leads to faith to, that we trust everything that you have given us and we have hope and desire to walk in it. So Lord, our, our simple takeaway is that may you find us obedient. Knowing that obedience leads us into your presence where there is worship and devotion where the holy God is. We love you and we thank you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Magic Valley Bible Church Sermon Podcast. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.mvbibletf.org or Facebook at facebook.com slash mvbible or YouTube at youtube.com slash mvbible.